You are listening to a podcast from Backstage on the Fringe.com. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Backstage on the Fringe podcast. In the midst of a very busy fringe, I spoke to Incognito Theatre Company about their show, Tobacco Road. Incognito are a successful young company who tell the story of five young people living on their wits in 1920s London. Hi, I'm Jenny Eggleton. I'm Alex Maxwell and we are performing in Tobacco Road. Guys, thank you for talking to Backstage on the Fringe. Um, I'd like to start off by finding out a bit about your show because this is unusual. I'm seeing the show this afternoon but talking to you today. (laughs) So give me the elevator pitch for Tobacco Road. So Tobacco Road is about five young people living in London in the 1920s who are involved in gangs and underworld crime. And it's about how they meet three boys, two girls, and how they join a gang together in the search for a better life. It's physical theatre. If you like Peaky Blinders, you're going to love this. Yeah. Uh, I guess the play kind of explores the hierarchy which revolves around gangs and the different roles each person takes on and the manner with which they form together and kind of their rise up through the ranks yeah. and to try and assert themselves in a very competitive uh, underworld of the London in the 1920s. Um, what can your unsuspecting Edinburgh audience expect from your show? I think they can uh, expect a really fast-paced, uh, pretty physical, exciting show, very sweaty incredibly sweaty the venue is so hot that is the one thing but we've got some newly installed fans which yeah. keep everyone cool yeah. but it's uh, dynamic physical storytelling yeah. which really creates uh, transports the audience into different um, atmospheres within London from the 20s uh, we've got the jazz age in there we've got a gritty boxing ring underneath mm. a pub uh, some pretty cool fight sequences fight too. sequences lots of flips and stuff but there's also some we kind of mixed the highly stylized choreographed bits with some gritty uh, naturalistic acting in there as well. So you can really feel an affinity with each character. You mentioned Peaky Blinders earlier on. Yes. Um, and before we started recording, I mentioned that there's the possibility of a musical version, mm. possibly even a ballet version of Peaky really? Blinders. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll wait with bated breath to see what it's like, but is that the sort of world you guys inhabit? Kind of, and I feel the style of Peaky Blinders, you, you have to, unless you've got a national theatre budget to create a huge mm-hmm. set, I feel like physical theatre or food choreographed movement is a pivotal way in bringing that style to the stage because it is, when you watch the show, it is all very um, explosions and mm-hmm. very dramatic and like the walks down. Um, and yeah, I guess, yeah. It's just, uh, I'd say our show creates that sort of peaky blinders in that it it doesn't take itself incredibly seriously. Um, There's, uh, in places, it's quite, uh, I don't know, we use like modern music and stuff like that, like peaky blinders as well. But it's just, yeah, it's an exciting piece. How are audiences reacting to the show? Really well so far. We've got, yeah. We have had a lot of Peaky Blinders fans coming in, um, liking it, and uh, a mix, like a mix of like ages in the audience as well, which we didn't expect. We thought it would be um, a lot more suitable for like young, like sort of like younger people, but a big range of uh, audience really, really liking it. Yeah, I think people are impressed with the style and the physicality of it, but also, so we we've basically we've created a fictional gang but placed it within real life gangs of the time and create our own stories. So they learn a lot about, we do this whole tour of London at the start of the show where we 
uh, map out what each gangs were operating in each area and how. So the real Peaky Blinders were Billy Kimber and the Brummigans who were in Birmingham, but they formed an alliance with the McDonald brothers down in London. So you do really gain a kind of insight, insight into the, uh, how the gangs operated in the period, which I think people enjoy as yeah. well, as well as the story that we've created for them. Tell me about how this show has developed. What for your rehearsals? How long have you been rehearsing? Well, so the idea we formed, uh, me and two other boys who helped, uh, founded a company. Uh, we, Peaky Blinders was a impetus for the show, of course. Uh, so then we started researching into the period around October last year, and the research really took us down different avenues. And so, uh, yeah, Jenny. Yeah, then the then we you cast two girls um, in sort of like end of October, November. And then we did loads of research as a company and then brought all of our research together and the things that we liked most and started writing the show. When we then did a work in progress showing at Pleasance um, just before Christmas in London, just before Christmas, which was, we got loads of feedback from that. And then we've been reworking it for the last like month, three weeks. So yeah, we just before when we did it in December, we got feedback from the three shows we did from the audience, and then in July we set up a two-week rehearsal period where we reworked the show, uh, rewrote quite a lot of it, uh, and tied it in. And then we did a preview in London before we came up. So did the show come first, and then the idea to bring it to Edinburgh, or was Edinburgh in your mind when you wrote the show? Oh yeah, Edinburgh was a hundred percent in the mind when we wrote the show. I think that was always the goal because as a company, we've been coming up for quite a few years now. Um, and that was the ambition, but I think it's the first one. So usually in the past we've done adaptations, but this is the first one we've originally written. And I think it's the one we feel has legs to go further after the Fringe as well. Uh, so we see the Fringe as a great platform to try and promote the show and see what the feedback is and how it goes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, how has the Fringe experience been for you this year? And has that differed to other years you've been here? Yes, because I think you feel a bit more pressure because it's completely your own work and not a book that we've adapted, but it's very exciting at the same time. And I think it's made me even more excited to hear what people think about it. Um, I also feel it's been a slightly quieter start to the fringe mm -hmm. this year compared to previous years, but I feel like t for, as of from today, it seems to be picking up massively yeah. and it will get incredibly busier it's, as generally happens when you get to the middle of the fringe. It's, Always, yeah, non-stop. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we settled, settled in very nicely, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. And I think, for me, it's the first like physical theatre show I've done and doing the upper... I've done uh, The Fringe a couple of other times, but with just straight plays. So for me, uh, this experience, uh, having the stamina and like physicality and yeah. fitness mm -hmm. to keep doing it and not just going out and getting boozed uh, every <laughs> night is, is something... We've done some of that, though. We've done, is, little, yeah, we've we done a little bit of that, it, yeah. It's <laughs> Have you, you've made a decision to be here for the full month and a lot of companies have chosen to shorten runs this mm -hmm. year, sometimes as much as a week and, and really quite well-known successful companies mm -hmm. who just feel that the expense of bringing the show is just too much this year. How have you guys managed to finance this project? Well, you have a bit, because the company's been running for quite a long time now, so they uh, have been in a great position of selling out before which means yeah. that there's money um available we were also really lucky because we um won an award with les enfants terribles the um they've got a great show up here called flies which i'd recommend going to see um and so we won their greenwich partnership award so we 
uh, won a grant from them and rehearsal space at Greenwich Theatre. So we saved free rehearsal space. So we saved loads of money on that, um, which means that we're in a more um, uh, a luckier yeah. position than lots of other companies. I, when I came up with a show that I self-financed about four years ago now and I could, def could only afford to do two weeks because it's just crazy money um, and you need to be... You need to have like a really solid show as well. We were lucky because as a company, when we started out, we were uh, co-produced by the Pleasants, part of their uh, the XYP Pleasants Future Scheme, which kind of started with us. So for our first three years, they helped us finance it and then we went independent. So that kind of allowed us uh, to build up a financial backing, which would then help us pay for like travel and accommodation up to the fringe in future years. Yeah. So we kind of just pay for ourselves. Yeah living expense wise but everything yeah. else is paid for backstage on the fringe the podcast that goes behind the scenes at the edinburgh festival if you like the podcast please subscribe or leave a review on whichever platform you access your podcast from you can contact me on twitter via the handle at backstage fringe or by email backstage on the fringe at gmail.com but for now back to the podcast what's been the hardest thing about bringing this show to edinburgh Ooh. I think just um, the fact that it's something written ourselves. I think we're lucky that the, with the Peaky Blinders thing and that's so popular and current. Yeah. I think finances are also always going to be, even though we're in this like incredibly lucky position, I think finances really uh, make things difficult. You know, like yeah. going, you've, you've got to go, like you've got to go out and fly, you've got to... Cut, cut certain corners where you can um but you know we're we're hopefully going to be like get some money at the end but like doing it for the love <laughs> of it as well not just doing it because for the money so yeah i'd say it's money is always going to be the hardest thing however yeah. much you love doing what you want to do i haven't prepped you on this question but okay. it's one i ask a lot um is this art or entertainment i would say both <laughs> Um, it's because it is generally a very entertaining show which you'll sit back and enjoy but at the same time art is power and I feel there's a lot in there that will be make the audience think about today's society even though we set in the 1920s I think the parallels between the two are quite incredible mm. um, and I'd say whilst like lots of the the, the show is in, in itself is like very entertainment is, is entertainment yeah. the the choreography and some of the movement yeah. that we've put in and we had an amazing choreographer and movement director called Zach uh, was it Namoran. Namoran come in. Um, he's absolutely amazing, and his choreography is is art. It's in, it's incredible. So yeah, and I think because it's incredibly stylized as well, um, that adds to the aesthetic effect of it all. You, you've chosen a fairly um, problematic theme in terms of gangs yeah. and gang violence and gang culture um, in every city across, whether it's Scotland or England, gangs yeah. are present. But in particular, we see an awful lot. Edinburgh is quite a genteel place. It has its problems. And yeah. you don't have a city that can produce train spotting without having oh, yeah. a yes. whole range of other things. But uh, London in the southeast seems to have a particular problem at the moment with mm. um, violence amongst young people. How do you handle that in the show? Um, well, yeah, as you said, the knife crime in London has exacerbated massively in the last few this year, especially. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we... The, the angle we take on it is that the socioeconomic situation that a lot of these people are brought up in is a very much an inhibiting factor mm -hmm. in their ability to progress in society. And they kind of, 
there's the only other option is I mean in today's society you're either really talented and you somehow break into like a musical entertainment industry or you it's very hard to escape the kind of social bracket you're in because there's a lack of opportunity and a lack of routes out and crime's an easy way for, to make money and it provides them with a family and protection which mm -hmm. then once you're in I think this is the main point once you're in it it's very hard to escape yeah, and I would just say, like, we're very aware that we're not people who've yeah. experienced this, and we're very lucky for that, but... Which I is th why I think we've set it in London 1920s. Yeah, because just to, sh to highlight that, you know, what kind of was going on then yeah. with um, young people coming out of the First World War, and that's, that sort of socio-political climate yeah. isn't actually terribly different to what people uh, experience now and we were just as we were going into previews the standard was doing a uh, the evening standard paper was doing a um, feature following this member of a gang and we were reading it being like oh my god it is exactly what we've been reading about and we've been ex like experiencing and trying to put on stage about these people that were living in the 20s and the parallels are, are, are really really there I think through certainly through wartime and through the twenties, um, and problems with the economy and depression, um, there are parallels that I, I can connect to. Um, if you're born in the year two thousand, you were eight in two thousand and eight when the financial crash happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're suddenly eighteen, and you've had no part in creating these problems. Yeah. But you're expected to deal with them, and millennials often get a hard time whether it's about mortgages or avocado toast. Or whatever <laughs> there are a range of young people who have had absolutely no part and have no responsibility for the problems that they are having to face. How do you tackle that in this play? I think we show that um, the, th that's where a lot of the anger and frustration comes from, that they were left in this situation with a government that they felt knew nothing about them, um, that may that they got they had to the men fought in this war that they didn't ask for and then came back and were just stuck with the repercussions of it the women were given opportunities um to go fight uh, to go and help the people who are fighting and then they came back and those were stripped away and so i think it is very similar being left in a situation where the world around you is sort of crumbling and you're feeling pretty helpless and so what do you do? Do you just sit back and let it happen around you? Or do you fight for a way out? Um, or are you in a position where, not that our characters are, but that it doesn't affect you? And I think that's kind of very similar to people, to, to young millennials now. Like, do you, do you fight against it? I think the amount of young people getting involved in politics and knowing about politics is absolutely amazing now um, and getting involved in like marches and stuff like that's like one way of dealing about it. But also people, you know, getting more involved in, in crimes and, and crime uh, and gangs, sorry, because that's also a way of dealing with it. I don't know. Do you have anything to add? Yeah. To well, as a current millennial, I've, <laughs> I'm in the epitome of the struggles of feeling I I'm in, uh, in huge university debt, which the fees obviously came in, uh, which our parents didn't have. Mm. House prices now are soaring. They're saying we're going to have to rent for God knows how long. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and yeah. So I guess yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the First World War was probably arguably incredibly pointless political game, rather than uh, as the Second World War was a need to stop fascism. So I guess 
people were chucked into this situation mm-hmm. without needing to. And obviously, we can never imagine the devastation or horror of it. Uh, but I think in the post the post World War society, yeah, there was, as you said, I think the women working and then having that taken away from mm-hmm. them again obviously provoked the whole suffragette movement. And I think that's what's happening now. Yeah. There's a whole how how do how are women treated in this show? Um, <laughs> so I is it guys nice that yeah I, go. Um, we. We show uh, how strong women are and how uh, how frustrated they 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 were then, um, and also the misogyny they they face. Like we do, we don't shy away from the fact that women encountering young, hot-headed men would have been treated pretty rubbishly and sexlessly. Um, but we then show that actually them working together, that the girls have got a pretty good head on them, and actually help have things to yeah. give and help and and then the boys do recognize that in the end to form a a, yeah. a strong gang oh yeah i would say my character <laughs> definitely says some bad things towards women at the start um yeah. but i would say they earn his respect yeah um through forming the gang he's very i thought actually my parts were the most reluctant to join up yeah. initially um and he's like he epitomises the toxic masculinity yeah, yeah. of kind of, yeah. We like to think that we, we've come a long way, but um, even as recently as this morning, yeah. the Daily Telegraph have printed an article that basically says, because Brexit's going to happen and we're going to have difficulty fulfilling lots of care roles in uh, in homes and centres, that women will have to give up work to, go, to take up <laughs> positions. And mad. when it's you read that, you think, society, you know, yeah. it's 2018 and we have come a long way, but no, nowhere near uh, yeah, enough. Yeah. Um, tell me about, do you have a particular part of the show that you enjoy performing? I mean, we do a really cool boxing fight scene, which is, I think, one of my... Well, no, well, maybe not, because I'm doing more rope manoeuvring than... <laughs> but, I really like our prohibition dancing, which is like when we're at the height of our power and fame and we've just shown a big um, sequence where we rise up and... Uh, show how the gang has gained momentum and lots of uh, followers and then it's us like at a big party and there's some cool lifts and it's quite yeah. sexy I lift Jenny quite a lot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> much uh, of my back's expense yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying something about me <laughs> um, yeah that's my favourite yeah no the rise up of the gang is a very entertaining piece because uh, we play our characters but we also multi-role between a lot of mm. different characters I like the beginning as well. I like the tour of London's a yeah, lot of fun as well really fun. where we get to play different gangs and stuff how difficult is it to get an audience in a very, very crowded marketplace like Edinburgh? Tricky. Tricky, yeah. yeah. Um, you've got to stand out. I think that's partly why we picked a show like we are doing, because I think the style is so in right now. And I think our poster stands out massively. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a massive operation of uh, PR. Um, we're very fortunate to be at the Pleasance. I think that helps because it's one of the big yeah. four venues. Yeah. Uh, so we get that exposure there. We've got a great team working behind us as well, helping us yeah, sell the show, do. which, is, really, which is really important. Like flying costume as well, because we're lucky because it's got a great look so that people are interested in, in that. I also think now we're in a fortunate situation where we've had people returning year on year to see our mm-hmm. company. and so. Uh, and, but I think the main basis is if you have a good show, word of mouth, 
will hopefully mm. bring in more and more people eventually. I Almost as if I'd paid you to say that. One of the other questions. <laughs> if you could get a five-star review from one of the big publications or good word of mouth, but you had to choose, which would you pick? Oh. It's one of those where you do you want sold out shows and people to rave about it or do you want the exposure of one paper giving you a five star mm, mm. Um, I mean I think artistically I'd like to say word of mouth and that just people yeah. loving the show but there's a part of my brain that's thinking about like the future and what we want to do with this show because we, be then we'd want a yeah. we'd want a, a five star review from a publication which would give us the legs for that yeah. what advice would you offer other companies uh, who are bringing shows to Edinburgh? What have you got right that you think they could learn from? I think a, a style that is um, very... Form your own style, which yeah. makes you stand out um, and which will make you recognisable and people that's want to re yeah. return to come and see you. I think that's what we've created now. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is daunting. The first time coming up, you have no idea what to expect. Yeah. I mean, we were like, what is going on? Um, but I think, I think like sticking to your guns a little bit as well. Like if you know that you've got uh, like a good show and a good, um, a good like product, I think sell that really know your your like your usp because that's it's kind of like knowing your casting and acting like if you can sell that then i think that's the main thing for also people. watch as much as you can and yeah. take inspiration of other companies because that will f form your ideas of how to form your own company i think that's yeah you guys yeah. seem to have struck a really good balance between art and being business-like <laughs> I think if, you, if you're great at either one of those you'll fall but if you're good at both of them mm. the, the mm. program the, the project can and have legs and go on yeah. um, where and when can we see Tobacco Road Tobacco Road is on at 3.15 upstairs at the Pleasance Courtyard guys thank you very much for talking to thank my friends enjoy Pleasure. the rest of your run thank, thank you, you Thanks for listening to the Backstage on the Fringe podcast. A new episode will be released shortly, so make sure to subscribe and you won't miss it. Uh -huh.